1: The Bible has a lot to say about man's heart, and sometimes it can seem confusing. For example, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is incurable. Who can know it? But in Proverbs, despite the incurable condition of our heart, it becomes a door or a gate for the experience of the divine life. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So our heart does at times seem confusing because it is not a simple thing. And above all, man's heart is prone to change like the wind. It is with this thought in view, no doubt, that Paul wrote to the new believers in Thessalonica, telling them that he desired to come and see them face to face in order to perfect the things which were lacking in their faith and to establish their hearts. Bob Danker has joined us for this fellowship today from 1st... Thessalonians chapter 3. And Paul uh, really is going to touch some matters concerning the heart in a very uh, unique way here, isn't he, Bob?
2: That's right, Chris. Our heart, uh, according to the revelation of the Word, is very crucial. Our heart really refers to our inner being, our mind, emotion, our will, and our conscience. These are the four components of our heart. And as you said, Uh, In this epistle to the Thessalonians, Paul was very concerned about the heart of the Thessalonian believers. They were new believers. They had received a solid foundation in their Christian faith through the apostle Paul. But still, knowing the changeableness of the human heart, it's so easy for us to have a change in our heart. Paul was concerned, and he longed that he would have the opportunity to see them again, so that he could uh, minister to them more of the word of God that would establish their hearts and make them unchangeable. Let's take a minute, Bob, uh, just to review again a bit of the sequence
1: for the sake of the uh, listeners that were not with us at the beginning of the life study when we talked about the background of this book. Paul had come to Thessalonica some months or perhaps at most about a year before he writes this letter, preaching the gospel and establishing or raising up a church, But he was only there for a short time, I think something like
2: three weeks or a month, uh, it looks like, from the book of Acts and other things, right? That's right. He moved on about a month after he arrived in Thessalonica. So he, although he did have some opportunity to impart to them the crucial matters of the Christian faith that would help them to be, have a solid beginning of mm-hmm. their Christian life, no doubt there were things that were lacking in their faith because he had not had adequate time to spend with them. And so in this book we can see that he desired to go back to Thessalonica to spend more time so that he could minister to them more and more full picture of the entire uh contents of the Christian faith so that their heart would be more solidly established. Yeah, you can imagine that uh, as he is traveling on now into
1: Macedonia and other places and uh, all the work that the Lord was leading him into on this journey, probably in the back of his consciousness, he's thinking, you know, I really need to get back to these young believers in Thessalonica and complete, finish the work that I began to establish them in the faith properly. And that really comes out, I think, in the verses we're going to look at now in chapter 3. We have kind of gone through the book now. We finished Chapter 5 yesterday, uh, the final chapter in the book. At this point, Witness Lee, uh, as he often did in these life studies, he would come to the end of the book in a first pass, and then he would go back to a few areas where he had a particular burden, a desire to develop the point, and now he comes back to these verses on the heart in Chapter 3. So let's look at a couple of these. I'm going to read uh, 10, 12, and 13 here. Night and day, Paul writes, petitioning exceedingly so that we may see your face and complete the things that are lacking in your faith. And the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we also to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints." Some familiar themes now from this book, now that we've been through it, some of these things he referred to in chapter one. Of course, the matter of the Lord's coming was chapter four, and he picks it up again in chapter five. It's also here in chapter three. But he is really not just interested, it seems, Bob, in giving us details about the coming age, the end of this age. He's really interested in such fine things and such intimate things
2: as the heart of these believers, isn't he? That's right. This is the number one concern on Paul's heart. Paul, of course, preached the gospel to the Thessalonians, and they were saved through him. But Paul did not just leave them and uh, leave it to others to perfect them. Paul wanted to come back to perfect these new believers.
1: Okay, I'll draw the attention of all of our listeners to this uh, phrase because it's it's key to our message today, that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Here's Witness Lee with our first portion.
3: What is... To have our heart established, blameless, in holiness. We have seen chapter 2 and verse 13 that God has called us until a salvation and sanctification. To be in sanctification is to be under a process of being sanctified. And this process is going on under which we enjoy God's saving power. But holiness nice is the element of God's holy nature. In this element, we have to be blameless. I like to use the simple illustration. tea. Is a kind of element, right? And teification is the teafying process. When you put the tea bag into the water at the beginning, the water is still plain. But after half minute, the water is being teified. Eventually, the entire water is mingled with the element of tea. We have to be blameless in the element of holiness. And we also need to be under the process of sanctification that we may enjoy God daily even hourly salvation. Now, in this verse, all these are about the heart. The Lord may establish your heart blameless. This means the Lord is going to do a building work. And this building work is to establish our heart. The first three chapters end in this point.
1: Bob, our overall topic today is this this matter of the hearts of the believers being established. And uh, related to that, he mentions these two phrases, one that appears in 2 Thessalonians, one that is in the chapter uh, and verses we read today in 1 Thessalonians. Contrast compare these because I think sometimes there is some confusion and people may use these terms interchangeably, but they're not the same. And the terms are, first of all, in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, but we ought to thank God always concerning you, brothers, beloved of the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning unto salvation in sanctification. Now, in the first book, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God. Holiness and sanctification. How are they different? How are they the same?
2: Yes, this is a marvelous point, Chris. Uh, actually, holiness is the element of God's nature. Holiness is the nature of God. God's nature is the holy nature. And for us to be holy, as God is holy, is for us to obtain or to have and to partake of and participate in the holy nature of God. So holiness is an element. It's not a process, but it's the nature of God. But sanctification is the process by which we are made holy, by which we are saturated and permeated with the element of God's holy nature. So the two are, uh, are related, but they are different. To be sanctified is to undergo a process of having God's holy nature Constituted into our being so that we partake of God's nature of holiness and we become holy in nature, not just outwardly holy, but even inwardly holy as God is. This is a marvelous thing, and this is God's desire for every believer. But in order for us to be holy, we need to be sanctified, we need to undergo the process of sanctification. And this also is spoken about in a number of places in the New Testament. So here where he is really aiming
1: at the heart and establishing their heart, we'll talk about what this is referring to in the coming portions, but he uses the term establish your heart in holiness. So this implies something of God's divine nature being infused
2: into our heart, doesn't it? Exactly. That's really right. God's nature of holiness needs to be wrought into our inner being, which here is represented by our heart. So this makes our heart, you may say, a duplication of God's heart. And this is uh, what really establishes us and builds us up and makes us solid immovable, unchangeable in our Christian life. Okay, let's go on. Uh, I think we'll touch this
1: matter now of the heart being established and how that uh, is something that is needed by all believers, certainly. Really, all mankind suffers from a heart that needs to be established, uh, as we'll see in this coming portion. Let me take our listeners back to chapter 1 and verse 3 of this book. Uh, these matters of faith and love uh, as I said, a theme that repeats in Paul's uh, address to the Thessalonians, remembering unceasingly your work of faith and labor of love and endurance of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father. This matter of faith and love, very much related to our heart, isn't it? That's right, Chris. Okay, here's what Lee wants more.
3: I don't believe we all have faith and we all have love and we all have hope, no doubt. But, listen, we need to be perfected in our faith. Our faith is a big subject. Paul was desirous to go back to them, the Thessalonians, and see their face again to talk to them further concerning the faith, to perfect them in their faith. Not only so, as we all have love, we love each other, But love is without measure. The divine love is immeasurable. So we need to increase. We need to abound in our love. We need to be perfected in our faith. And we need to be increasing and abounding in our love. To do this, the Lord has to do one thing has to establish, to uh, build, to set our heart on a fixed foundation. And this is to establish our heart. Most of the Christians, they have a heart very much movable. But we need to have a heart established, builded upon some solid thing. We need to have such a heart. And our heart is not like this by our birth. You know, quite often in the morning, you were very good to your wife. The breakfast was not over yet, you became so mean to your wife. Our heart changes all the time. Not only with human beings, even with our Lord, with God. We are changing. Our heart is changing. God is never changing. Amen. He is an unchanging God. Amen. Yet we are changing. This is why Paul was concerned that the heart of these new and young believers need to be set, need to be built, need to be established.
1: Bob, I think now we come to the bullseye here, at least for today's program. If our listeners were at all hearing what was being said, I think we were all uh, realizing in our own experience why now it's such a desperate thing that our hearts be established. Our hearts are so fickle and movable and constantly, all the time changing, aren't they?
2: They are, and we can see this, uh, as Witness Lee said, even in a very short time, yeah uh, one minute we are <laughs> one way toward our wife, our children, and even toward God. Another minute we are completely the opposite, so our heart is so fluctuating and so changeable. But God wants us to have a heart like his heart. God's heart does not change; He is unchanging and even unchangeable, right So He and we are not the same in this matter. So the Lord is burdened that our hearts would be built up and established and set on a solid foundation. And this establishing of our hearts comes as an issue of having our faith perfected. Uh, and the more uh, our faith is perfected by the ministry of the Word of God that unfolds the entire contents of God's economy in the New Testament, the more uh, we have this the Bible, the Word of God, open to us, in relation to God's economy, the more our faith is perfected. And then the more we grow in life in Christ, the more we abound in God's immeasurable love. These two things, the perfecting of our faith and the increasing of the love Mm, of God within us, which is really synonymous with the increasing of God's life, God's nature within us, This is what causes our heart to be established and become like God's heart, unchanging, unmoving. We become actually a duplication of God himself, and this is the desire in God's heart that all of his children, all of the children of God would be established in their hearts to such an extent that they really become the expression of God himself. Bob, there's that uh, passage
1: well-known, I believe, to most believers in Jeremiah 31, that we will receive a new heart. A new heart will I give you. A new heart will I put within you. And the receiving of that new heart is really the receiving of God's divine, holy nature into our heart. That's the reconstituting of it, isn't it? It's the addition of this element that makes it a new heart, one that is like his and not so changeable fickle. There's a phrase you probably know the hymn uh better than I but there's a phrase in a hymn we sing touched me when i was a very young believer it says i change he changes not and uh <laughs> that that really says it in a very few words in quite a, a marvelous way doesn't it It
2: does it shows that we and God are not the same but in God's heart desire he wants us to be the same as he is so something of him has to be built into our inner being to establish us and make us the same as he is. Another verse uh, touching this uh, that I thought
1: was uh, appropriate for our final segment today in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the pure in heart, that means the single in heart, for they shall see God. It's amazing. This is God's full salvation, isn't it, that he could take us with our you know, uh, incurable, desperately wicked, deceitful hearts and produce something that uh, allows us to see God, to love
2: God, to pursue God. This is his doing. This is marvelous, Chris, because it shows us the inward transformation that God wants to perform in every believer. Here's Witness Lee for our final segment.
3: There are things don't have confidence in your heart. Our heart is altogether not trustworthy. It changes. My, in my ministry, I met a thousand people. A thousand people. What I have seen all the years, just the changing of people's hearts. Just changing all the time. So, the crucial need to our Christian life is the establishing of our heart. We need... Uh, a solid and strong establishment to be exercised upon our heart. We cannot do it. Only the Lord can establish our heart. Why our heart is blamable? Because our heart is changing. If your heart is set and established and built upon a solid foundation, then it becomes blameless. An unchanging heart is one that is blameless. Even sometimes we ourselves are changing. Yet we condemn others being changeable. Sometimes we tell our daughters, don't trust in that young man. He is fickle. Changing all the time. Forget about him. Don't have any more contact with him. As parents, we did this to protect our daughters. Now, let me check with you. How about you? <laughs> Do you change? Are you not changeable? Even Are you not changing? Our heart is changing. You must believe this. You need the Lord's mercy and grace that you would give him the permission to establish your heart. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting for your permission to establish your heart. When your heart is established, then it becomes blameless.
1: Bob, I really feel this matter is coming more into focus here. I think this has been a very helpful program because it is so consistent with our experience. I remember as a very young believer, of course, I had a dynamic salvation and I just loved God. I just loved the Lord. I loved the Bible. I loved the church. I loved the songs. I I mean, everything was just new and my heart was so enthralled in those days. And then I had the sense that, well, this is what the Christian life is like. But of course, after some time, I found the old things starting to pop back up in my heart again, and it caused me just to plummet. I was so filled with despair, filled with depression, thinking that, uh, why now am I loving these things again? But this is the common, I would say, the more common experience, and it also is the illustration of why
2: it is so needful that we have our hearts established. You're absolutely right, Chris. As Witness Lee said, we can't do this. There's nothing we can do to change our heart, but we can open to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you the permission to establish my heart. I admit my heart is changing all the time, but Lord, I... I want you to establish my heart. I open my heart to you so that you may enter into my heart and make your home in my heart and be the stability in my mind, in my emotion, my feelings, my will. This will cause us gradually in our Christian life to become more and more like God, unchanging. We will go on in a straight course without so many diversions and distractions more and more as we open to the Lord and say, Lord, I need you to establish my heart. And that really implies, as you pointed out a moment ago, we
1: really need to have our faith uh, perfected in the ministry that establishes our heart, that sets it on the unchangeable things and the unchangeable truth that God has revealed in his word. Absolutely right, Chris. Well, our time is over. Uh, We would love to have you contact us. We'd like to get these printed messages to you. We say this each day because it's genuinely how we feel. We think there's a great value here so that you could get into these matters, get into these passages with the accompanying verses and dig them out for yourself. Let the Lord establish your heart day by day over these riches that we are privileged to bring you. We hope you'll contact us. Our toll-free number 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Thank you for joining us today for Bob Dakota and Chris Wilde. And do be with us tomorrow.
0: Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere, or you can order by calling 1-888-543-3788. That's 1-888-543-3788.